come on, Rory. It's not rocket science. It's just quantum physics. Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. Colin's in the house. And Michael, you normally say hello and welcome to the Whovian Review, not just welcome to the Whovian Review, but I'm Jace. Hello. And, and tonight- welcome to the Whovian Review. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we're going to go into The Girl Who Waited, which is the 10th episode of the sixth season. Now, we are using new equipment, so that's why I forgot the hello. Um, so contrib- somehow that makes sense. So okay. in in this episode, we see you know the doctor Rory and Amy will get faced with the option between two buttons: the green anchor and the red waterfall. Now, just for fun, before we watched this episode, I asked Jason Collin, who did not remember that aspect of this, what uh, which they would choose out of a green anchor and a red waterfall. And I was surprised to find out that they both chose red waterfall. So I'm really glad we didn't go there, guys. To be fair, they said no contacts. We didn't know what it's about. what was it about. I thought she was having me choose, like, nail polish colors because I was doing my nails at that time. And I came in, you know, from getting us dinner, um, and I, I see Jace there uh, doing some art on the board. I thought I was choosing what he was going to be drawing for us next. And I was like, wow, I'd really be interested in how you draw red waterfall. Waterfall seemed hard to draw. <laughs> oh, your experiment was flawed. Damn. But, <laughs> Darn. Know, just be like, if you had to choose between these two things. I did I did feel like I was gravitating towards Green Anchor at first. I really did. I did. And something about a red waterfall sounds so much more kind of morbid and curious than something like a Green Anchor. Yeah, see, in that situation, I think I would have clicked the Green Anchor just because it was green. And just be like, oh, green is go. It's probably the open. And... But it was actually pretty clever what it was, is that it's because it comprises like multiple different time streams of people who are in a bad situation, hence the color red, and so red waterfall really works, and then green anchor being that you're on the safe side and you are anchored to, you know, the Your, two the, the actual time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would have chosen green as well, mostly because green's my favorite color outside of Well, if black. I saw an elevator and I saw, if I saw any situation in which there's two buttons, one green and one red, I'm going to pl- click the green one. Yeah. So this is really like an episode in the importance of informed consent. In, uh, in <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how informed Amy was when she went and was told to press a button. Yes. Well, she pressed just, a button. Well, keep it yeah, up. and in the same way, you know, like so, you know, you may not want to have your aliens, uh, um, you know, take you uh, like your some other species and shoot you with, you know, alien inoculations and potentially kill you. Can I say something that I probably should have said a few episodes ago? Okay. But I find it so interesting how Amy had a baby that she didn't know she was having, had the baby, 
And then the baby named herself after herself and grew up with them and then just disappears. Like, normally when someone goes through, you know, having a baby and then giving birth to said baby and then all this air quote trauma associated with having said baby, they would want to have said baby and raise said baby. I'm just, it just I just find it interesting how Amy kind of never had that, like, oh, I want to raise a child. It's more just like, oh, she's being raised by evil. Cool, let's move on because that's how time's supposed to be. I know that doesn't, like, I don't know. It just, it just, it's bothered me. And I don't know why it resurfaced this episode. But, because it went but she wasn't, she wasn't really raised by evil. Like, I mean, up, like, at a very young age. But, like, then she hung out with Amy and Rory for most of the time she was growing up. Yes, but with sinister intentions the enti- entire time. Well, yeah, but once, like... I mean, in the in the laws of, of time in Doctor Who, like once once you're like it's your own personal time stream, then you can't really mess with it anymore because then you wouldn't the thing wouldn't have happened that made you want to go back in time to fix it. Unless you are Amy Pond, then you certainly can mess with predestiny. Yeah. Good point. Good point. There's always exceptions. Well, and here we see. Uh, the doctor go through a couple really interesting things. We see him being genuinely afraid at the beginning of getting getting the Chen 7 virus. And then we see, you know, him just straight up lie again about, you know, saving her and then just kind of harshly closing off the older Amy. And I think that's a great scene with him and Rory, and Rory's like, that's not fair. Oh, my God. Oh, Rory's role in all of this was... Amazing. Um, like you guys saw me, I was genuinely crying, both eyes, tears, all the way down to the beard. Like I was having the time of my life. It it was crazy because when Amy said old Amy was like, I for like basically something along the lines of I forgot how much you loved me. I could tell by like the way you looked at me. Like that was so powerful. Yeah, that I one got like, me too. I know. And um, it's just, it's so, I bet so many people, like, kind of, ever, I feel like everyone has grown to love Rory because they see the love and the kindness in him. And in this episode, you just see him just love her. And you see her just love him. Yes, like, the one thing that grounded them and that made them work together was their love for him. Even the Macarena, like... That being what they had to focus on, that's when they had their first kiss. Like, that was such a great touch. Well, plus, that's what convinced older Amy to, like, change her mind. Yes. It was Rory. It it wasn't for each other. It was for him. That is love. Yeah. But it was was also kind of a a half, you know, change in minds to it at that point as well. It was not at the very end. You're right. That was a certain decision. But earlier, it was a decision made to... Um, okay, change my mind from what, you know, I had saw myself do before. Um, and Well, yeah, but, and that's true. She wasn't she, thinking that she was... the attention that she could also well, live. Well, that she could herself. live, but not with Rory. Because she says, 
I'm not going to live with you. Don't worry. I'll go off traveling and pop by for Christmas, which was a great thing for, you know, a number of reasons. It sort of, you know, makes like, you know, it's nice to have that established. The rest of the characters are like, oh, okay, I can be comfortable with this. And then also it's like, as fans, you're like, well, yeah, I could see them doing that in the show. Just have, you know, every once in a while have two Amy's, you know, that, that, that could totally be a thing. Like it seemed plausible and the doctor gave a plausible explanation, you know, so it all worked. But yeah, I mean, she was well, still I don't know sacrificing. Well, explanation. Jettison the karaoke machine. Is that, well, is that what it takes? To, it, to it, it, it was, okay, it was plausible in that it sounded like uh, the type of explanation the doctor would give, like genuinely. Yeah, he does do that. Um, but so yes, she, she didn't think that she was going there to die, but she was still giving something up because she was going to have to then spend the rest of her life knowing that her Rory is married to a different Amy. You know, so it was yeah. still a sacrifice for Rory, even though it wasn't, you know, until the end, actually sacrificing her life. It's gut-wrenching. Yeah, I think I personally fell in love with Rory after watching this episode. Just that scene in which the young Amy passed out and he was just picking her up and grabbing her. Like, you could just see it in his face. Like, I, that's, that's what started make my crying. It was so impactful. I also loved the the part where, like, he's just like, hey, I don't care that you got old. I care that we didn't grow old together. Oh, yeah. And that's that, that was, like, the big contrast that I, I just thought was glaring, too. Like, we see Amy, you know, 36 years, you know, alone. And that, that's going to mess with you, too. But look at the contrast of Rory and how long Rory waited. Yeah, and but he wasn't his... alone. There were other people and places that he could go to. Like, this was and, and but for for very long periods of time, it seems like you know. Yeah, that's for true. Probably longer than that, he was alone, um, and had to go through that. And he never, you know, lost any any love for Amy or any doubt about you know how he felt. And well, he was unwaveringly understanding, you know, during that whole period too. Wait till season seven. I think there's this one thing with regards to the fact that I feel like in this particular episode, Amy almost has to deal with this twice because she actually goes through a whole week without knowing what's going on. And then she suddenly sees Rory in it and the doctor again after a whole week has gone by. So that's the, and this is the, so it's almost like a tease to see them again because she's like, wait, where are you been? I've been waiting here a week, which of course is a little ludicrous since most humans can't, will probably die off at that point. Well, but no, there but is they, an explanation. They, yeah, they explain that. Yeah, I do know there's an explanation. But it just it's one of those things where we've already punished her the first time around. Let's punish her even more by sending her again for another 35 years <laughs> or 36 years. It was just the thing where Amy was like this is what I know, this is what I'm comfortable with. This was my destiny, therefore it should be her destiny kind of thing. You know, that's all she knows. Of course, that's what she's going to be comfortable with because it's what she knows. But it takes the younger Amy, the one who who doesn't have all that baggage of 36 years of hatred to be like, yeah, what about worry? To be be a little bit more clear-minded about it. Can you really do this to him? Mm -hmm. The implications. Also, I'd like to point out some really nice touches in here of having Rory uh, destroy the Mona Lisa to save Amy, you know, to rescue a better masterpiece. 
in his eyes. And uh, Shelby, you can't just drop something like that without some kind of applause. <laughs> oh, thank bravo, you. Thank bravo. you, my goodness. Uh, well, I'm going to follow it up with something a little silly. I thought Rory lo- never looked hotter than when he was wearing those glasses. <laughs> a lot of people have a thing for glasses. I mean, like, I just, you, you, you know, you just like, glasses. I mean, they made a lot of fun too. of it. And I was like, damn, that really, like, frames his face nicely. Well, he looks good in that, you know? Well, keep in mind, like, you know, glasses are something that makes people more attractive, especially, like, if you have, like, kind of like a geek thing going on. So I think that was also kind of the point. Because in this episode, Rory had to be kind of seen as, like, the savior and the man who loves Amy. Because that's what ultimately caused the ending. So I think that was just, like, a little... That was purposeful. Yeah. And I thought... Yeah, and in the ending, it was great that older Amy, like... You know, Rory was tormented by the fact that he was, you know, being forced in a situation where he has to make a decision like the type of the decisions the doctor makes that he doesn't like. And that would have really, like, torn him up. And older Amy makes sure that he doesn't have to make that decision. He doesn't have to do that. Yeah. So she she really does a lot in that scene. He loves him. Like, I don't, I, you always see in these episodes, it always is, like, Rory loves Amy. Rory loves Amy. But in this episode, it kind of just was. What the about Rory? Rory? Yeah. What like, about Rory? Makes everything happen. I've always felt that way. Like it's always Rory chasing after Amy. Like I mean, it's Amy always been Rory for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give props. Then, since we're being complimentary, I have to give props to Karen Gillan because she actually oh, yeah. had to take on basically two, almost three roles in this particular story right. where she has to play the hardened Amy at the uh, at the end of 36 years. You've got the original Amy, and then you've got the the uh, Amy that's thir- 36 years older that's coming to realize, oh, yes, I need to let this, I, I need to sacrifice myself. All right. And there's a huge... for Karen Gillen? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Good job, Karen Gillen. And she really pulls it off. I mean, she really had, you totally can, it's very believable that she's 36 years older than she was. Oh, for sure. Also props to the makeup people because they didn't like impeccable. Like the makeup was was so realistic. I was like, Jesus. Like, because yeah, well, because normally I feel like they'd like go overboard on the wrinkles and stuff. I think so too. And this was perfect. It really was. It was good. And I really like the scene in which they kissed for the first time with Rory and Amy herself. Because you can tell, like, Rory still loves you. No matter what age, like, he is there for you and will help you in the best way that he can. I need to point out there's another uh, little cool thing is that the voice of the interface is actually Imelda Staunton, who is, of course... Also well known as Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter series. So that's one thing that most people don't realize. Um, I didn't realize it. I know nothing about Harry Potter. And I don't know if this is right. Michael, maybe you can check me on this. But I feel like there's maybe like a set that was in this episode that might have been used before. I actually brought that to his attention. Okay, well. I said that this scene, this kind of thing, reminded me of a scene in the Peter Capaldi era in which there was different realms that you could go through. There were actually, I believe, two sets, though, because the one set that I think uh, Colin was referring to is the large uh, reception room that 
Amy goes to to see the interface in the very beginning. And that was also used in uh, New Earth, which was a David Tennant episode, oh, when the, the cat Colby. people. But there's also the doorway sequence where the, Amy can go to any place she wants to in in this, I guess, this little uh, planet. And I think you may be onto something because it does look very similar to the set where Capaldi has all those doorways to go through. It has the kind of the center central console, and then it's got like and doors and all, through. and yeah. it's very white and stark. So. Yeah, you know what I had uh, a lot of similarities to with Capaldi era, uh, Capaldi era here too. Mm-hmm. Is when Capaldi, uh, the Doctor, and uh, oh, Bill. Oh, the Doctor! I didn't realize. Yes, he yes. Thank you for specifying. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Well, he does have multiple roles in, in the series. He so does. It, Actually, it, does he? It, well, yeah, he does. Be, as, a, as a joke. We already podcasted on Oh, yeah, we did. Okay, that's <laughs> the Pompeii, everybody. Okay, keep going. Indeed, indeed. Anyway. For some reason, I thought it was during his era, but how can he be the doctor but have, like, a person that looks exactly like him in the same episode? I don't know how that was supposed to work. Yeah, Continue, Valon. But anyway, with uh, Capaldi and Bill, they were also in a place where there were similar white... Uh, robots that, you know, were trying to be helpful, but also, you know, making things a lot worse. Oh, the emoji ones? Exactly. Emoji bots. So I, I had very similar vibes. They were. In the episode, funny. Smile. Yeah, in these episodes, I felt like there's a connection. <laughs> to go back to your question about how could the Doctor be in an episode where there's another character that's not the Doctor, but looks like the Doctor, well, that we just saw in Matt Smith's Let's kill Hitler because there was a robot of Matt Smith's doctor as not, well as not, the doctor. Not to mention uh, the almost people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's also um, the chase where the doctor, um, back way back in William Hartnell era, there's a robot version of the doctor there. Well, I was mostly speaking on you're not technically the doctor, but you're just the actor that was cast as a character until you became cast as the doctor. Well, Colin Baker also shares that uh, distinction because he was in a fifth Doctor story as Commander so Maxwell. my favorite Doctor and your favorite Doctor have something in common. I think that we have the best Doctors. What do you guys think? I think these <laughs> things are always in flux. You know, the, <laughs> the next Doctor I love you, might just be your favorite do Doctor. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe one of our listeners is the next Doctor. Maybe one of our very own podcasters Colin. is the doctor. But uh, I hope not. I will never talk. <laughs> Could you imagine me as the doctor? Well, the problem is we wouldn't be able to do the podcast anymore if one of us had to go over I mean, to England to be the doctor. The rest of you guys could still do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh-oh. It wouldn't be the same. The implications. <laughs> we, we're, too, we're too concretely foursome right now. I, I feel like it would be a very... A force to be reckoned I feel like it would be really cool if all of us decide or did something where we were like, okay, I'm the doctor. What would I wear? What would I look like? And what would be my thing? You know? Mm-hmm. As weird as that sounds, like like if we were like, okay, we're the doctor, like how would we make our versions of the doctor? What would we wear? How would our mannerisms be? You know, what would we keep? Because every doctor is slightly different. Like we have Matt Smith, like the child doctor. Then we have the um, David Tennant, who's just like the flippity floppity doctor. And then we have the... <laughs> is that not accurate though? No, it is. It is. That's Thank why you. I'm laughing. My doctor would wear a lot of sunglasses. So Capaldi knockoff, gotcha. Man, that is a knockoff, isn't it? Yeah. I was trying to think of something. I would definitely leave for a ridiculous costume. I I guess I could get some sort of a produce and put it in my front pocket. I could could do that. (laughs) I think there's a lot of doctors that have had a ridiculous costume. I could have an asparagus. I love asparagus. Ew. 
Should we, should we rate this bad boy? Wow, that was quick. Okay, More sure. Girl, is it? Well, I mean, up. we haven't been talking about the episode for a while. That's a great <laughs> I mean, I think we talked about the main thing, so I'll, I'll ra- go into the ratings, because this this had powerful uh, moments throughout the episode. Um, this was this was good. It was heart-wrenching. I, I shed a tear. You cried. You cried. Uh, you made... You you were had Michael emotions. Michael is emotionless. You had emotions. I um, I, I cried. Robots. I've cried on this before. So there we go. Tear tear. It's, it's a tear jerker. Um, it's a it's a deep romantic love story and a tragedy um, within it as well. There are, are peaks and and valleys and um, at the end you really just left with a great sense of love between these characters, but also just feeling like you have a loss with the saving in and of itself. Um, and I think it summed up a lot, you know, how Rory, you know, says to the doctor near the end, like, you're making me like you. You get to see it from the doctor's perspective. It's, even when you do the good things, it's it's hard to say that it's always right. It's hard to say that, um, you know, what you were doing was for the best. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of power. There's a lot of charm. There's a lot of emotion in this episode, but... There's a lot of it that I, I think is singular, and I think we, we stopped talking because, you know, we, we talked about the most important elements. Some of it was filler in there. Um, there are other things about Doctor Who that I, I really expect from my top-tier episodes of Doctor Who, but I loved a lot of what this brought to the table. Don't get me wrong. Um, for me, this is going to get an 8 out of 10. Here I am, crying again at Colin's review. I don't know why. I'm just being emotional. But, um, um, I thought this episode was really, really cool. I think that's an understatement, but I really liked the fact that I feel like a lot of people can relate as Rory as a character, you know, being in love with the person who doesn't see them or like always being there for them, but you're just constantly watching, um, their hearts get broken by, like, other people and stuff like that. So I feel like all of us can kind of relate to Rory in some way, shape, or form. And there has been episodes, you know, in which Rory has, like, you know, proven how much he has loved Amy. But in this episode, it was kind of different because for the first time we have him in the situation in which there are two Amys from two different timelines with two different experiences. And he's having to deal with trying to get them to get together and be, like, in the same trap and but at the same time he was the center of all that like it's not often that we see amy kind of you know reciprocate that love back to rory we kind of think as rory as like the geek that falls for like you know the prom queen kind of situation and in this episode we kind of really really get to see oh yeah amy actually does love the hell out of rory and i thought that was really really touching in and of itself um, this episode wasn't really about the Doctor that much at all, but, like Colin was saying, it had a scene in which Rory had a taste of what it was like to be the Doctor, and it's not easy. A lot of the times, there are no right or wrong answers, but you still have to make a decision. There's been many incidences in which the Doctor has been like, this is your world, these are your people, make the decision, and they're like, I can't, and then the Doctor, or in my head, I'm just like, yeah, you see? It's not easy being him, now is it? But it's so easy to complain, now isn't it, you know? Um, I'm kind of rambling. I thought this episode was really good. I feel like it really kind of grounded their relationship and also kind of, you know, the doctor literally said, I will save you. And then was like, I told you I'd save Amy. She saved, even though completely just trashing the other Amy. But I don't know. 
I'll get this a 9 out of 10, honestly. I thought it was very impactful and very well, written, well bleh, written, and it was very simple. But effective. Yeah, um, I liked this episode a lot, too. A lot of great character development, very powerful love story. Um, I thought, yeah, the Doctor wasn't in it very much, but we did see a lot of, you know, very powerful things because, you know, throughout this whole time, the Doctor's making these hard decisions. And actually, you know, what we really see is here, too, is that Rory has been, you know shielded I like you know you kind of see how much the doctor generally shields his companions from these situations because in this situation he doesn't and uh you know he's kind of like okay you don't like the decision I made great you pick <laughs> it matters more to you you know and yeah it was um but there were some parts where it was a little slow I'm you know it was uh it could have been a, a shorter episode and still, you know, covered everything. Uh, but I did, uh, I do think that it was executed well. I thought that the uh, the garden was quite spectacular. I thought it was, it was a very uh, beautiful thing in there. And um, I thought the concept of having, you know, these people where there's this plague that kills you in a day and, you know, you they set up this facility that really kind of just takes care of, you know, the problems as best you can with it. It was really a very kind, you know, facility that they kept saying it was. Um, but I'm going to give this one an eight. You all set. So the poor hand bots, which we haven't really talked about too much, are the ones that seem to be the ones that get invaded in this episode, and they're only trying to do their job to make sure that their environment is is pure, is sterile, no no known diseases that would affect the humanity that surrounds them. And yet these three travelers, and one in particular just happens to be in two time zones, are constantly killing them. Good grief, what a horrible plot line. No, I'm kidding, of course. But that was, it was kind of interesting how, <laughs> it's kind of interesting how you put in these these handbots and um, it ends up being a very Amy-centric story. Um, it's, the doctor doesn't really deal with the gadgetry or uh, other than this, the one magnifying glass or looking thing that, that he can look through time and space with, which was probably the only the less plausible of of the the bunch things but it it really was kind of one of those things where i was just like i i really like this episode for the writing and for the interactions and for the character development between amy and rory which really takes center stage um the doctor takes a backstage as we've mentioned but in a sense, it's also Amy coming to realize, I think, who she really needs in her life going forward. And this is, I think, a point in time where there's kind of that, a kind of a shift from always looking towards the doctor for everything. Now it's more like Amy takes the reins for herself and takes care of herself. And Rory then finally is the one that comes to her and wants to take her back. And she finally agrees with Rory because she loves him but she doesn't need the doctor in this episode 
And I think that's quite apparent. Um, this was extremely well written, extremely well acted. Even the, even Matt Smith put in a good performance for for his mistakes and for what was going wrong on his end. Um, even though he didn't mean to do it, obviously it, this was unintentional. So it's just an unintentional consequence of being in a time machine or visiting a world where time is not linear. <laughs> With the doctor's amount of time, those things just become inevitable. Exactly. Um, very little to say negatively about this episode. I'm going to give this episode a 9.5 out of 10. Wow. There is not really anything that I really can say is really that bad. Oh, I did want to Oof. point out one thing in there that actually did bug me a little bit. Is How was the doctor okay at the end of the episode? Because, like... Amy and Rory were running around this facility, like, catching Chen 7 or whatever, and then, like, walked into the TARDIS, and it was like, oh, no big deal, I'm fine, I'm not going to catch it that way. But were they? I mean, were the handbots really trying to just take away all bacteria at that point? Because it seemed like the kindness... Well, but that was the reason the doctor couldn't go into the facility. True, but... I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a chance to get it. I don't know. Yeah. It is an interesting point, though. Well, there's also, like, no one there. Yeah, they haven't run into anybody that would have the... No one was infected that they ran into. So it would have been kind of... Well, that... Solitary confinement. Like, it was yeah. no one else but robots. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, we had the Rory robot. We didn't even talk about him. Oh, yeah. Like, Amy, even in her time of complete darkness and isolation, came up with a companion that she named Rory. Wasn't the doctor, as mentioned, it was Rory, which is interesting. Wasn't the cat. It was Rory. <laughs> it was Rorington. And that's, uh, and that's something that young Amy points out to older Amy, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. It's almost like the younger Amy has a little bit more... Not smarts, but just more common sense. Well, she hasn't been corrupted. Yeah, she's not jaded. Exactly, she's not jaded. So it just, that that pureness of her actually is probably what saves her in the end. Yeah, but at the same time, like, if you're, if you've gone through, like, two, like, three or four decades by yourself, and you've had time to, like, think about the doctor betrayed me, Rory betrayed me, all this kinds of stuff, you're going to think that you're just in how you think. You're just going to think that you were blind when you were younger as to not, as to um, why you hadn't picked up on it sooner. So it makes sense why Amy would be like, oh, I want to live. I, I, I'm, I'm a full-grown person. I've lived through life. I know things. And I knew that I was, like, basically wrong. All this kinds of stuff. Like, she had her own mind, her own emotions. She thought she was kind of the outsider in the situation. Of course you want to live. Yeah, I don't know that she actually thought that, you know, because she described her life as hell. She was clearly not happy. I don't think that there was any part of her that was like, oh, I'm a better person now. I think it was more of a, I don't want to (laughs) die. I think it was more just she's had too much time in isolation to reflect on her life when it was normal that she thinks that who I am now is more important. Mm -hmm. In other news, it is um, apparent that the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, when Russell T. Davies does take back over, will uh, not just have one special. Apparently, we're going to have multiple specials. What? 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 47? 
47. 60 specials? <laughs> I didn't say 60 specials. 75 special situation we have going on. But the One strongest the strongest bit of news is that David Tennant will be in at least one or more of those specials. It looks Whoa. like he is definitely coming back as the 10th Doctor. Well, I, I hear that Matt Smith might be coming back, too. Matt Smith is also possibly coming back. I also hear that Ace is potentially coming back, too. This is true, as is possibly Joe Grant. Is is Donna confirmed? Um, It it did seem like she was... I, I'm not supposed to say anything. Um... <laughs> Call it. <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way. There have been no official announcements. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be official. But the thing is, is that a lot of these places um, are do get inside information. Yeah, this and is off the record. <laughs> you know. I am not stating with 100% accuracy nor 100% certainty that we this is going to happen. We can either confirm nor deny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But it's probably important to at least bring up to say, "Hey, this would be interesting. What would you? What? How would you all feel if Dave, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Catherine Tate, Katie Manning, and Sophie Aldred all I feel return. like it's too much. I would be happy. I feel like it's way too much. It's clearly an attempt to be like, "Oh, new Who sucked. Let's try to bring back as much old people that cemented the show and made it what it was back to kind of just well, say Doctor Who." The anniversary ones, there have always been like multi doctor stories. Capacity with this many companions and these many doctors, because I've heard a I lot of yeah. Would what about the five doctors? Was that was a very expensive. well. That's maybe what they're trying to do. And one of the things is that there was an article that I read just the other day that suggested that. It is strongly believed that Peter Capaldi and Christopher Eccleston will be very strongly um, requested. I mean, that is a good point you brought up, though, because in New Who, we've only had, like, the three Doctors, the War Doctor, 12th, and 11th Doctor coming together. You've never had something. That's the thing about you and Michael that are very good, because you know Classic Who. I don't know Classic Who as much. And this directly could be a reference of Classic Who, but the timing... Coincidentally, when Doctor Who was starting to flop, so. Oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, the, they're not wrong. I guess the big question yeah, is, I'm, will it save the program if you're bringing back the previous? I think, I think bringing back Russell T. Davies will save the program. If you just stick with it with a few years, Doctor Who will run strong for a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I think really we just we just need a good showrunner in here and we'll be back on. Yeah, we just got to rustle things up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then we can get back on track. Oh, my yeah. gosh. The puns are everywhere. I love them. <laughs> At any rate, have a wonderful evening, everybody. Thank you for Indeed. listening to the Whovian Review. We love you. Have a good night. Night. Goodbye. Um, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.